the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is The Secrets of Joyful Living. This um, message is based on the scriptures was read, read for us, Philippians chapter 1, 12 through 26. To the average person, the good life is a trouble-free life, a life in which there are no illnesses, no accidents, no job layoffs, no trials and tribulations. So many people that think that life must be perfect for them to be happy. If I could just change my situation, life would be great. If I could just get rid of all of my problems, then I would uh, be, uh, be, I'd be happy. But there's no such thing as a problem-free life. If we are going to learn to be, to be happy and joyful, then we must learn to be joyful in the situation that you're in, right. in the midst of the problems, in the very experiences of life as we have it here uh, on this planet. Now, happiness comes from the word happenstance, from which we get the word circumstance. It depends on happenings, the things that are happening to us. But joy is internal, whereas happiness is external. Happiness is temporary, but joy is constant. So how do you have joy in spite of what is going on in your life? The background of our text today is that the Apostle Paul, for the last four years, has been in miserable circumstances. He spent two years in prison in Caesarea on trumped-up charges. Then he was put on a ship to go to Rome to appear before the Emperor Nero, who was not known to be, a very, to be very nice to Christians. On the way to Rome, he was shipwrecked, stranded on an island, bitten by a poisonous snake, waits the winter there, continues on to Rome, and spends another two years in prison awaiting trial and possible execution. Now, during this two-year period, in Rome, he is chained to a guard 24 hours a day. He had absolutely no privacy. Every four hours he gets a new guard. Yet in spite of all of these situations, 
Paul says in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 8, I rejoice and I will continue to rejoice. Now what is Paul's secret? How does he stay positive in prison? Triumph over his troubles, delight in difficulties, stay so happy, positive and joyful in spite of the fact that nothing turned out the way he had planned. Paul in Philippians chapter 1, 12 through 26, gives us four secrets essential to joyful living. And the first secret is that you need to have the right perspective. You need to have the right perspective. Verses 12 through 14. Now, every one of us have problems. We brought them to church and wherever we go, we take them with us. But what is important here is how we are looking at those problems that we encounter. The way you look at your problem is much more important than the problem itself. Your perspective makes all the difference. In Philippians chapter 1 and verse 12, uh, Paul says, And I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. And he's speaking about the gospel. The, Paul could see God at work in the problems, even when things weren't going his way. You see, non-believers were being witnessed to, and believers were being encouraged because of Paul's imprisonment in, in Rome. And so in verse 13 he says, For everyone here, including all the soldiers in the palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. Now, Paul had always wanted to go to Rome to preach the gospel. Instead, God allowed him to be imprisoned so that he could have the time to write these letters, which we call the epistles of Paul. And we have been blessed time and time again as we have read these epistles. Now, Paul was no ordinary prisoner. This fact soon became evident to the authorities who were involved in this case. It was soon known that the apostle was before the Roman court because uh, he was a Christian, not because he had committed a civil crime. Paul knew that he was there by the will of God. The government may have thought that he was uh, its prisoner, But Paul knew that he was really the prisoner of the Lord, as he tells us in chapter 4 and and verse 1. He said, Paul took the opportunity to witness for Christ while he was there in jail, under, under house arrest. And he witnessed to the palace guards who were guarding him. And so these guards returned not only to the barracks with the message that they heard from Paul, but they took it to Caesar's palace. And 
the gospel of Christ got into Caesar's palace and people accepted Jesus Christ. And these converts, in turn, carried the message to the civilian population of Rome and it eventually spread throughout the Roman Empire. You see, Paul saw his imprisonment, therefore, not as a hindrance to the spread of the gospel, but as God's plan for advancing the good news of the gospel. You know, isn't it wonderful to see how God works in the lives of his children? You see, he takes misfortune and turns it into a blessing. One may be limited to a sick bed, to a wheelchair, or to a dead-end job. Such limitations may appear to have no useful purpose. But the difference between making these conditions an advantage or a disadvantage is a matter of attitude. You see, with faith in God, we can look beyond the limitations of our circumstances to the opportunities God has given us for the purpose of reaching people we could never uh, have reached otherwise, or to teach us lessons that we would not otherwise learn. You see, we can miss some of the richest blessings and and greatest opportunities simply because we expect every day uh, to be filled with comfortable experiences that we enjoy. But life has its prisons as well as its palaces, its restrictions as well as its liberties. To accept this is in the knowledge that God is in charge of your life and that he will never, never leave you is the difference between defeat and victory, between complaining and thanksgiving. Brothers and sisters, don't let your difficult circumstances defeat you. Remember that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And in verse 14, uh, Paul says, And because of my imprisonment, many of the Christians here have gained confidence and become more bold in telling others about Christ. You see, Paul's attitude towards his situation became an encouragement to the Christians in Rome. You see, courage is contagious. It spreads like wildfire. You see, other believers became bold because of Paul being bold in proclaiming the gospel. The perspective you need if you are going to have joy in your life is to be found in, in Romans chapter 8.28, which is Paul is telling this from his own experience. And he says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. You see, the lesson we need to learn is that God has a purpose behind every one of our problems. See, when you get this perspective, then you are on the way to joyful living. But the second secret is that you need to focus on what really counts. You need to focus on what really counts. 
You see, when things get tough, I need to know what's really important in order to distinguish between the trivial and the significant. I can live my life based on either problems or priorities. Either I will decide what's important in my life or I will let others decide what's important for me. If we don't choose our priorities, we'll go around putting out fire after one fire after another, living simply from problem to problem and not choosing what's important. It's in verse 14, Paul speaks of those who were preaching the gospel with boldness because of his imprisonment. However, in verses 15 and 17, he tells us that not all those, the Christians at Rome, were preaching Christ from pure and unselfish motives. Some were doing it from jealousy, some from strife and envy, some in an attempt to aggravate his imprisonment, and some from a competitive party spirit. You see, you would think that Paul had enough trouble dealing with imprisonment, but there were those in the Christian community, unfortunately, who were opposed to Paul and his ministry. It's a rivalry rivalry we take for granted in certain areas of life, in business, in politics, in sports, in, in the arts, but we do not look for it in the preaching of the gospel. But it is a fact that preachers and churches compete with one another for members and for publicity. Some will even lower their standards and compromise the truth of the gospel in order to give to gain members and be favorably regarded by certain segments of society. The situation among the Roman Christians did not discourage Paul whom we could call an eternal optimist. Listen to him in verse 18. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached, and because of this, I will rejoice. You see, Paul wasn't going to allow um, anybody to steal his joy not circumstances, nor critics. He said their motives may be wrong, their style may be wrong, but if the message is going forth, then he was happy. Because Paul had his priorities, he was not going to let little things steal his joy. How many arguments we get into that really don't matter at all? Have you ever thought about it? It doesn't matter a hill of beans. It is not worth losing your joy over things that don't matter at all. So you have to choose what you're going to get get, uh, angry about, what you're going to fuss about. Know what is important so that you don't get sidetracked by trivialities. Solomon in in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 6 says, In everything you do, put God first, and he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. This is what counts, putting God first. And the lesson is to focus on what really counts. It is God's kingdom and God's righteousness, 
not the little slights that we have from people and the things that they say about us. Those things cannot really hurt us. We can look beyond them and simply hold on to what, what is important, that is Christ and his kingdom. But the third secret is that you need to tap into God's power source. You need to tap into God's power source. Now, I need strength to make it if I'm going to keep on going. Life can wear you out. Life can drain you completely. One crisis after another can, can drain you. You lose your energy and your power, and some of you may be at the point where you're ready to throw in the towel. You say, I've done the best that I could, but it's not good enough, and I'm tired and sick, and as we have um, heard said many times, and sick and tired of being sick and tired. You see, you need a fresh power supply. And so verse 19, Paul says, For I know that as you pray for me, and as the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will all turn out for my deliverance. Paul says, I have two things that give me strength and keep me going in spite of four years of imprisonment. One is the prayers of fellow Christians, and two is the help of God's Spirit. So where do you get strength to keep on keeping on? Is it a reliable source? There is no source of power more reliable than that provided by the Spirit of God as a result of the prayers of God's people for one another. Paul was certain of its reliability and its adequacy. And so he tells us in Philippians uh, chapter 4 and verse 13, For I can do everything with the help of Christ who gives me the strength I need. Amen. The lesson here is that with God's power, nothing can defeat you or devastate you. You see, if I'm to make it in life, I need to have the right perspective. I need to focus on what really counts so that I'm not sidetracked by non-essentials. And I need to tap into God's power source so that I have the strength to keep going and to keep on keeping on. But the fourth secret that Paul gives us in these verses is that we need to have a purpose for living. We need to have a purpose for living. Now, Paul is now old and tired and has been in prison for four years after having preached the gospel for many, many years. He is ready to go unto heaven. They have taken away everything from him except the one thing they cannot take from him, and that is his purpose for living. And so in verse 21 he says, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. You see, people naturally rejoice at births and mourn at funerals. 
After all, a birth is the beginning of life, whereas a death is the end of life. To most people, death is a dark shadow, the grim reaper, the unwelcome guest. Paul, however, did not share this perspective on life and death. To him, death was the bridge between two distinctive expressions of life. It was the end of the old life, but it was the beginning of a new and glorious life. Paul knew he had an appointment with death. As he looked at life and looked at death, he did not know which to choose because each is so wonderful. You see, life is wonderful because it is Christ. Death more wonderful because it is more of Christ. Life with all its trials and tribulations is a wonderful thing when a person knows Christ, when the purpose of living is to magnify Christ. Paul had a long-term goal. He looked at things in the light of eternity. He says in Philippians chapter, chapter 3, 13 and, uh, and 14, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The best use of your life is to invest it in something that will outlast it. It is great to be a Christian, but I'm not a Christian because I'm afraid of dying. I'm a Christian because I know that I have to live tomorrow and I want to live it with a sense of purpose. Even if there, there wasn't a heaven, it would be worth becoming a Christian just for the joy of living here on this earth for the short time that God has given us. The fact is that there is more to life than cars and stereos and televisions and nice homes and things that we enjoy here and now. Only a fool would go through life unprepared for something uh, he or she knows will eventually uh, happen, a death. The time will come when all of us will have to leave those will have to leave these mortal bodies of ours. And Paul says to die is gain. He knew that to be absent from the body would be to be present with the Lord. And that is what he, he wanted most, even, even though he, was, um, he had... Uh, uh, you couldn't decide which was better. He said, for him, it was better to die and go to be the Lord. But for the Christians uh, at uh, Philippi and uh, other uh, cities, it would be good for them if he remained alive so that he could continue to encourage and strengthen them in their faith. You see, your view of death is the acid test of your faith in Christ. If you live in fear of death, it means that you are being robbed by Satan of an important aspect of your faith in Christ. Death for the believer is not a miserable end, but a glorious exchange and a wonderful beginning. The grave is but a gateway into all that is glorious and joyous. This view of death can bring peace to the troubled mind joy to the grieving soul, and comfort to the aching heart. 
A Christian with this view of the future in God's presence can see the stars on the darkest nights, can see the rainbow in the blackest of storm clouds, and can see the streets of gold at the end of the long road of life. The hope that is ours can bring joy to the heart, peace to the mind, rest to the body, assurance to the soul, determination to the will, and value to life. For the saints of God, soon and very soon, the last battle will be fought, the last enemy will be conquered, the last tear will be shed, the last burden will be borne, the last pain will be suffered, the last temptation will be resisted, the last sacrifice will be made, the last criticism will be heard, the last heart will be broken, the last problem will be solved, the last grave will be dug, the last victory will be won and the last page will be written. For when we pass from this life, we are going to a place where there is joy without any sorrow, where there is life without any darkness, blessings without any curse, glory without any gloom, health without any disease, perfection without any flaw, roses without any thorn, beauty without any blemish, excitement without uh, any end, and worship without any rush. No wonder that Paul says to die is gain. For he knew that in the presence of his Savior, there will be no valley of disappointment, no days of despair, no trail of tears, no moments of misery, no tongues of criticism, no, con- no coffins of death, no hour of sorrow, no works of wickedness, no agony of defeat, and no forms of fear. For in Christ's presence, there is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore, says the psalmist. And we say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org and tune in every Saturday morning at 10.30 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.